Welcome to Think Again with L. Nathan Hare, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. If you would like to participate on today's program, call now, 803-1520. That's 803-1520. All right, here we go. Think again. Think again. Welcome to our Top of Discussion program, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Western New York, still fighting the war on poverty, now in our 54th year. Each week, we talk to you about issues, events, and trends affecting you right here and right now in Buffalo and the Western New York community, and in fact, connecting to communities all across the country. I'm your host, L. Nathan Hare, President CEO of the Community Action Organization. Make us a part of your Saturday every Saturday at ESPN 1520 AM on your dial from 11 o'clock to 12 noon each week. Today's program, of course, is live, so you can call and you can join our discussion. I hope that you will. Our number here again is 803-1520. That's 803-1520. So I want to just kind of try a couple things out. Then we're going to get uh, Tony and then John on the phone to start our conversation today. I want to talk a little bit about this Afghanistan deal. <laughs> and I'm, I, you, you may get mad at me at the perspective that I have on it, but I just want to share that perspective with you. I took my... Uh, thoughts from an article written by uh, Mark uh, uh, Landler, Helene Cooper, and Eric Schmidt entitled Taliban Talks Raise uh, Questions uh, of What U.S. Withdrawal from Afghanistan Could Mean. Basically, Trump's headway, uh, well, let me say it this way, the latest wag the, dag, uh, wag the dog tactic of President Trump is to appear as both a peacemaker and victorious in the conflict uh, the U.S. launched against Afghanistan in 2002. Uh, President Trump and his surrogate, uh, his surrogates have been holding secret meetings with the Taliban and arrived at a way uh, to withdraw from the conflict while making it appear that America was victorious and if and uh, if peace is not the result, that that will be on the heads of the Afghanistan government, not on them. In other words, they want to make defeat look like uh, victory. President Trump's headway uh, in Afghanistan peace negotiations with the Taliban raises the same question that has uh, been uh, be, has bedeviled other presidents. Will the departing Americans end up handing over the country to the same ruthless militants that the United States went to war to dislodge? if that is even a true statement. Now it is important historically to understand that the U.S. went into Afghanistan to kill or capture the al-Qaeda terrorists who masterminded the, and launched the 9-11 attacks uh, on the United States, not to conquer Afghanistan. That's what you have to have in your understanding. The United States didn't go into Afghanistan to conquer Afghanistan. The United States went into Afghanistan to get the terrorists who had attacked the United States after the shock and awe campaign that filled American television screens with images of America's massive power blowing up parts of the Tora Bora Mountains. The George Bush W. Bush administration decided to go for re re regime change, just as the Russians had done before, preceded by the French and preceded by the British, all to no avail to them. Their logic was that the Taliban uh, was was not. Uh, opposed to al-Qaeda. So since the, the the Taliban were in control of Afghanistan and they were uh, not opposed to al-Qaeda, that made it right for the United States to try to topple the government of Afghanistan like that was going to change the hearts and minds of the people uh, in Afghanistan. 
There was no reason to try to change Afghanistan's regime. Their country was not engaged in any struggle with America or an American ally. George Bush and Dick Cheney saw an opportunity to to make a country over in the image of the neocon government that they wanted, and they just took advantage of the opportunity. Let's think about how that worked out. Trump will declare victory, but victory over what? What was won? We spent a trillion dollars in a voluntary military conflict that cost more than 60,000 Afghanis their lives. For what? Trump will claim that the two-week lull in Taliban terror attacks represents a defeat of the Taliban terrorists. The Taliban have agreed that they would not allow anyone to use their territory to launch terrorist attacks uh, on the U.S. Now, if Afghanistan never rejected al-Qaeda or ISIS, what difference would that have made to the United States? They would just be another country that said they didn't like the United States. So what? That was worth 60,000 Afghanistan lives. That was worth over a trillion dollars of American money. Of course, if that was, if, if that was all the, the military intervention was about, <laughs> why couldn't we reach that deal 18 years ago? If all we wanted was for the uh, Afghanistan government to say, I promise you I'll never allow my territory to be used for somebody to train to do terrorist attacks against the United States, even if we didn't win that from them, was that worth 60,000 Afghanistan lives? Was that worth 4,000 American lives? Was that worth uh, a trillion dollars in just the war in Afghanistan, not counting another five or six trillion dollars in the war in Iraq? Uh, Trump will now say that the Afghan government, that if the Afghan government can't sustain peace from here, that that's the fault of the Afghans. Stay tuned on that one. A, a hasty American withdrawal expert say would erode the authority and legitimacy of the Afghan government, raising the risk that the Taliban could uh, recapture the, uh, uh, the country. Short of that, it could consign Afghanistan to a protracted civil war, bloody civil war, uh, with Taliban fighters besieging the capital of uh, Kabul as they did in the 1990s. Current and former American diplomats and military officials have voiced concern whether the Taliban and the administration in Kabul would ever agree to a power sharing arrangement, given that the Taliban still refused even to uh, to speak to the government of Ashraf Ghani. I believe that you can predict that the Taliban will seek to overthrow the Afghan government once the Americans are gone. We know that Donald Trump doesn't care about a bloody civil war that may be left as the wreckage of his withdrawal from Afghanistan because we saw what uh, Trump did when he withdrew from Syria. He didn't care that uh, the immediately the Turks bombed uh, 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 women, children, men, Uh, in villages uh, to drive them out of areas that they wanted to drive them out of in the border area between uh, Syria and Turkey, did that right away immediately. And to this day, there's no mention by the Trump administration about the continuing uh, bombing and murder uh, of uh, uh, Syrian and uh, Kurdish uh, people. Let me just give you a quick thing before we we, we get our phones on. (laughs) This is just a side note. Some Some things are just funny. Uh, Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg, uh, uh, Democratic presidential candidate, has been busted for plagiarizing uh, President Obama's mannerisms. That's this is actually uh, in the conservative Daily Post. Uh, uh, It was published on February 26th. 
with rolled up sleeves and specific words, Buttigieg is being called out for mimicking Obama in an attempt uh, to lead the Democratic field. Many people argue that it appears as if Pete Buttigieg's campaign uh, team has a new strategy. Copy Obama as much as possible. The evidence they claim includes his rolled up sleeves and other I'm a regular person like you, not an elitist liar uh, type characteristics. However, one specific move is being called out by Buttigieg's critics for being way too uh, similar to the former president. A recent speech sounds remarkably identical with only a few words altered, prompting calls of plagiarism. After losing the Nevada caucuses on Saturday, Buttigieg shared a story about how one light from a supporter's iPhone after the power went off at a campaign event, sparked a movement that would light up the entire world. Here's what Buttigieg actually said. It took just one person. One person started it, and then a bunch of others began to do the same. If we can light up a high school gym like that, we can light up the neighborhood. If we can light up a neighborhood, we can light up a city. If we can light up the city, we can light up this whole country. And if we light up this whole country, then everyone can make sure this country we love shines as a beacon around the world once more. <laughs> Buttigieg's speech, speech was compared to former President, President Obama's speech in 2008, highlighting a story of a lone supporter that shouted, fired up and ready to go in a gym at an event uh, as he was personally struggling to build his presidential campaign. Obama said, it shows you once one voice, what one voice can do. One voice can change a room. And if one voice can change a room, then it can change a city. And if it can change a city, it can change a state. And if it can change a state, it can change a nation. And if it can change a nation, it can change a world. You can't believe that this is a coincidence. Right? So welcome to the world of Pete Buttigieg. Uh, let me get Tony on the phone, then we'll get John on. Tony, how are you doing out there? I'm cold. <laughs> well, I'm cold, too. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I would actually applaud Buttigieg for taking the words of a statesman like Obama and maybe using them in a positive way. I <laughs> whether he plagiarized it or not, he's on the right track. Yep. That's my opinion. Well, he should just so, acknowledge that but, that's where he got it from, though, so that you yeah, wouldn't have all well, these reporters you know, jumping well, down his throat. We've had in our history plagiarisms all over the place that later have got found out. But one thing we got to keep remembering is, is that our coronavirus uh, situation the CDC was taking $1.5 billion out of its budget. To just think about it, we have a crisis, and the money was taken out by the president. Yep. And he wants the CDC to work overtime to get a vaccine. I will tell you, when the president of the United States was sitting there in his Oval Office, and he said, we need a miracle. Mm -hmm. Remember? Yep. He said we need a miracle. The guy is more like an atheist than anything. And, he, and, and one who, who, when the prayer breakfast was there, used it as a political, a political advantage. And Tony, remember, he said that the coronavirus is just gonna, it's just gonna go away. It'll be, oh. it'll be like magic. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I believe that too. But see, 
that miracle, I say this. No, you need a statesman like Barack Obama, who faced in his first few days in office the SARS virus. Remember that? Yep. And then he faced even worse, the Ebola virus. He Swine flu, right? Remember that? Yeah, the bird flu, too. Right, and bird but, flu. Zeke yeah, or Zika? Yeah, well, I remember the bird flu. I saw him fly past my house. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing with President Obama is he was calm and he was direct to the people. And he put a guy named Ron Klaib in charge of that whole Ebola virus. In fact, he let, but the president didn't speak. He let the scientists talk and explain the situation. All the president did was to encourage people to be aware, not to panic. This was a true president. By the way, if you don't remember, I'll tell you. The people in the Ebola campaign were named Time Magazine of the Year when the Ebola virus was on. I have the picture of the guy in the big right. suit and everything. When the Ebola. Right, because they got in front, they worked hard, and yep. they contained, and then they overcame. Yeah. And, and of you, course, Obama funded them too. <laughs> yeah. Why? When you when you lie to the American people, the number one job of a president, as we talked about week after week, is to keep the nation safe from domestic and foreign problems. This president hasn't got the capability of thinking ahead. All he thinks about is what's up today, not in the future. Now. He then blames Schumer and Pelosi when they asked for $8.5 billion in funds from Congress. And the president asked for $2 billion. That was like peanuts. Remember that? Yep. And he complained that Schumer and Pelosi were asking for too much. You need the money to, to, get, to do the protocols. I, but I really found this more interesting. The president uses lying as a strategic weapon for himself. Right. Once he tweets, it's out. It's out there. Some un, un, uninformed Americans believe him. They actually believe him. Right. And that's what's wrong. That's part of the thing. People are not. And they informed. believe him because they want to believe him. See, that's that's the and problem. That's right. That's right. That that, that, that that is the core of what is going on. You've got 30, 35 percent of Americans who just want Donald Trump to be right because Donald Trump lines up with what is their really in their heartfelt interest, which is about their feelings about American nationalism. That's what's really at their heart. And Donald yeah. Trump is is aligned with that. So they yeah. don't they just dismiss anything that does not uh, give honor uh, to Donald Trump. And Donald Trump demands that everybody around him, you know, just lap up to him. I'm listening to the uh, uh, Azar Health and Human Service. Or, or, oh, yes. Oh, yes. come on. Good gracious. Was what that not sickening? What a Mulvaney accused the Democrats, and Donald Trump did this as well. Mulvaney was just parroting what Donald Trump says, that this was a hoax that the yeah. Democrats had made up this coronavirus just to put a, sh uh, a shade 
on Donald Trump's administration. And his son gets on TV and says, yeah, the Democrats are doing this because, you know, they want to stop Donald Trump. He said, my father's winning streak. They want to stop his winning streak. What is he talking about? What winning streak? (laughs) Well, the one that's in his mind, but that doesn't necessarily uh, amount to sanity, you know. Yep, exactly. And here's another one. To this day, this administration has done nothing about the 45 million people who owe over $1.5 trillion in student debt. Yep. Student debt's been ignored. Yeah. And the last thing is... He wants to appoint a guy named Ravoli to right, the United Right, Park. right, who we already uh, was turned down uh, for, uh, for confirmation once before. Yep, I'll let you his, go. And right. keep- yep, thanks, Tony. I appreciate you, man. Let me. We're going to take our break first. Let's take our break first, and then, oh, if I if I have it in. Okay, we'll sort through it through the break. Our lines are, are, are really lit up. We'll see you this side of the break. Here we think again. Think again. Would you like to increase your home's value? Do you want to lower your energy bills? Are you in need of affordable financing for your next home improvement project? The CAO Home Improvement Resource Program can help. Just come to one of their monthly HIRP orientation sessions every first and third Wednesday of the month at two convenient locations. HIRP staff will help identify the resources you need to get financed, and they'll even help you with completing your application. Now, you won't know what you qualify for until you call. 332-3773. That's 332-3773. Learn about all the home improvement programs you may be eligible for and ask about the affordable financing program that can help turn your house into your dream home. Call 332-3773 for more info. It's the Home Improvement Resource Program, restoring value to neighborhoods across Erie County, one house at a time. Brought to you by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. Don't go out to eat. Go out to eat at Chili's. Chicken or shrimp fajitas are now on three for ten. So hear that chicken sizzle. Ooh, yummy. Or that shrimp sizzle. (laughs) They sound so similar. People laughing and having fun. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Gary, maybe take it down a notch? It's a bit much. Sorry. sorry. Just kidding, Gary. Live your truth. (laughs) Go out to eat at Chili's for three for ten. That's a starter, fajita, and Coke, all for ten bucks. Together, we Chili's. At participating restaurants only, price may vary in Hawaii. What's in store right now at your local Staples? Make plans this weekend to save. Staples weekend exclusive deals mean big discounts on the things you use every day. Like 50% off all True Red storage totes. True Red storage totes come in a range of sizes and are perfect for organizing and tidying up your home or office. And right now, all True Red storage totes are half off. But hurry, offer ends Sunday. Staples, where there's a whole lot more in store. In store only ends 3120 while supplies last. All day, every day. This is Buffalo's home for ESPN Radio. The director checks my ears and nose and everything from the neck up. Then comes my tummy and my legs and toes. Soon I'm finished with my checkup. And I'm feeling extra fine. Healthy most all of the time. But when I'm sick, the doctor will help. Cause the doctor is a friend of mine. The doctor is a friend of mine. Yes, the doctor is a friend of mine. It can be fun to go to the doctor. (laughs) Wing that one on Matt. (laughs) All right, Matt, get me correct here. Do I have uh, John first? Okay, let me get John in Lockport first. John, how are you doing out there? Hi, Nathan. 
Uh, yeah, Trump's coronavirus uh, thing here, he says that, that, that it's a hoax, and then he said he blamed the Democrats for the open border thing, and then the news media, too, is blowing it out of proportion, he says. And then he puts Pence, who, who screwed up the AIDS problem in Indiana when he was governor, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, head, of the, head of the whole thing. So it's, a, it's just a whole mess. But what, what I really uh, wanted to get into here, and I, I don't know, you're, you might you probably won't agree with me, but I, I think um, Bernie is going to be a disaster for the Democrats. Mm-hmm. As much as I like him, and I like a lot of things he says, the problem, he has two major problems. And uh, all I can think of is, is in the past where uh, other politicians have tried to help or, or, or were on the sides of the Dems and, and just really killed uh, the Democratic candidate. Ralph Nader uh, destroyed Gore's campaign in Florida. Ross Perot um, did it to uh, George Bush Sr. Um, so I think that Bernie has two problems. First of all, uh, the, the Russians back him and Trump because they, they see what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying. They recognize what I'm saying. The term socialist, because of the ignorance of the American people, they associate this word with communism. They're going to use this, if, if Bernie gets the nomination, they're going to use this term over and over and over again, making people think that it's communism. You know, uh, people just do not understand what democratic socialism is and, and how all these countries in Europe and Canada, uh, Australia, all the countries in Europe are all democratic socialist countries. Right. And, 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 and because... because of the ignorance of the American people, you'll never get across this. This They're going to associate it with communism. The other thing that Bernie's got going against him is the, the giveaways, the, what, what people call giveaways. Um, he has to make the case uh, for Medicare for all, and, and, and also the other things that he's talking about uh, giving away free. And, and American people don't like it when you say you're going to give all this stuff away for free, even though it makes sense to me. It doesn't make... You know, I mean, like, actually, Medicare uh, for all makes sense in the long run because it's going to be cheaper than what we have now, but you'll never convince the American public of that. So I, I really think we're in for a disaster if he gets uh, the nomination. And more importantly than that is our Senate, it, what are we, four, four senators short of getting control of right. the Senate? I think this is even more important than getting the presidency. You see what Mitch McConnell has done uh, to just hold everything up. We have to get him out of the leadership of the the, the Senate leadership, uh, or rather the uh, majority leader position of the the Senate. That has to be the number one priority. Yes, and also we've got, as I said, we need four senators, I think. You've got three senators running for president. What would happen if, 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 if let's say, Bernie got, became president and he picked uh, one of the other senators to be vice president? Now you need six senators. Right. And uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I, I really think we're in for a real upset here if Bernie gets the nomination. It's Here's the thing that like I, want, of- I want people to also understand. I get exactly what you're saying. I, you know, I have a visceral you know, kind of reaction to the term socialist as well. Not so much that I, I'm afraid of socialism as much as I'm, I'm afraid of how Americans are going to treat the term socialism. Right. So I, I, I completely get that. The problem, however, is the Democrats have not articulated a forward position on a range of issues 
that they can say, if you come with me in the center, I'm going to take you to this place. They're not talking about that. They're only talking around the periphery of the easy issues, like saying, I'm for doing something about climate change. Well, that's cool to say. I appreciate you saying that. What are you about to do about climate change? What is it that you exactly are going to do? Are you for every American citizen having health care? I don't care if every American citizen has health insurance. I care as to whether or not every American citizen has health care. I care about whether or not every American citizen, when they reach an age when they can no longer work, that they still have enough income to ensure they have a roof over their head, food in their mouths, medical care, and so on. That's what Medicare was created for. Uh, That's what Medicaid was created for, for those people whose issue was not that they're old. Their issue was that they were too poor uh, to ensure that everybody has health care and so on. Right. So it, it, it to, to me, the Democrats have to become much more muscular in articulating how we are going to go forward. So example, an example is instead of letting uh, Donald Trump and his people act like they're, you know, the good guys because they're going to save the jobs in the coal industry, which they have not done. Coal industry jobs have actually gone down by 13,000 since he's been in office. Rather than allow him to, to, to seize that ground, you got to go the opposite way. You have to say physically in Virginia, where you have a big coal industry, you have lots of mountains. I have family in the Beck, you know, in, in uh, Beckley, you know, West Virginia, you know, mountainous country. You can put windmills along these mountains and you can generate enough electricity to take care of all of the energy needs, electrical energy needs uh, in, in Virginia. What is that going to cost to do that? Do you do it by using the utility companies that are already existing? Do you do that using uh, subsidies to private energy companies? But you've got to have a plan on how you can get that stuff done. My, my problem is that Democrats are not articulating something. So when the, when the public hears the Democrats, they only hear anti-Trump, but they're not hearing where they're going to go forward. Trump lies all the time, so all you hear are lies. I mean, anything that Trump says, if he says the sky is up, Above your head, be careful. The sky may be below your feet because this man well, lies I, I, all I, the time. I totally, I totally agree with you, Nathan, on that. I really do. The Democrats have got to come up with a with a plan. Yep. Yeah. I mean, a hard plan, and get behind it, and don't get all muffle mouthed about it. If somebody right. doesn't like something that you say, then vote for somebody else. You know, right. you you got to be really coherent and clear about what you're talking about. You can't just be against something especially when you have somebody with a 30, 35, maybe 40 percent of the public base that isn't going to go anywhere because they're in love with the idea of Trump. They're not right. in love with necessarily what Trump specifically does. Right. You know, and, and you're right. And Bernie and Elizabeth Warren have a plan. They have plans. They right. right. They, they specify things. So uh, the other guys have got to start specifying. Right. Exactly. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Thanks, John. I appreciate you, man. Uh, help me out. Is that uh, Rambo Jim? Let me get Rambo Jim on the phone. Rambo, where you been, man? It's been Christmas. We've had New Year's. You know, we had Chinese New Year's. Yeah, I'm, um, Nathan, I don't like making excuses, but I'm like an adopted uncle now. Oh, okay. I took the the kids to see, uh, uh, that kids movie Sonic Hedgehog with Jim Carrey. Well, that's way over my head, so I've... (laughs) So anyway, I'm, I'm just so busy with kids. I'm in a... 
I thought when I retired, I wanted to be like the guys of the country in Western songs, but if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> you know, and things haven't exactly worked out according to my plans. But. Well, you know, but that's how life is, Jim. And a lot of times, you know, you learn from these experiences that things that you have not been for, suddenly you find you have a use you know, for those things, right? And so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun being an uncle with yeah. a bunch of little kids. So just know, think I, about this, right? What if you had to have those kids and they had to stay with you and you needed to have daycare for those kids? You know, you're, you're retired now, so you're the daycare person. But let's suppose that you were still working and you had to provide daycare for those kids and they were talking about $200 per child per week. How would oh, you yeah, feel? How yeah. would you feel about daycare then, <laughs> in I, terms I of mean, whether or not some people that definitely need it? Especially, and, and Jim, especially if you can't deduct it from your taxes. When I was paying for daycare for my kids, I couldn't deduct it from my taxes. So I'm paying, you know, sixteen, you know, twenty-two thousand dollars a year for daycare, you know, for kids, and I can't take it from my taxes. I can't get anything for it. I got nothing for it except my. Uh, uh, dependent deduction, deduction, but nothing for the cost of care and so on, right? So these are things that Republicans have fought, you know, over the course of the years, treated me like I was a broke leg dog, you know, a a, a low life because I I, I wanted these things. But when it happens to you, all of a sudden you realize, oh, that's why they wanted this, because now I see how it's affecting me. That's really what we got to learn how to do, Jim. We have to learn how to process these things in terms of how it affects you. So the reason yeah, why I also I'm for heard my mother say part of the problem in our culture today. In fact, one of the little girls that is like my adopted niece. She just mm-hmm. turned five, and she and I have been together since she was born, and her mother gave her to me to hold. So we have a history now of five years together. Yeah. But my mother was saying a lot of the guys today are getting away. Despite what the, the courts of of they impregnate these girls, and Get, then they say, "Well, right, you're on right. your own now." Yep. There was a time yep. when a man would always do what a man was. When, when you to and do. I were kids, if you got a girl pregnant, you took care by of the following Saturday. <laughs> they yep. had the shotgun out. You yep. were at the church, and you put your name on that girl and on that child before she was born. Exactly. That's the way it used to be. Well, you remember the term shotgun wedding, remember? I'm telling that you, term? that's what I just said, right? You know, exactly. that's you know, now now but fortunately there's a few of us guys that'll step up to the plate. And I love being with the kids. It's a lot of fun. Hey Nathan, I got good news on this uh coronavirus thing. Oh, um, okay. I, there's a guy who's a doctor and he grew up with my five younger brothers. He calls me at least three, four times every week to shoot the breeze with me. Uh-huh. You know, the, what nobody's talking about, you know the Israeli researchers and doctors have already been told by Netanyahu he wants a vaccine and the medical cocktails to deal with this problem before the end of this year. Okay. The Israelis are working on it. And if but you do, know, you do know that Donald Trump, his, his, his guy Azar, said that uh, we expect a vaccine, you know, in weeks. So, okay, don't quote me on this. Right. I, I'm not positive. But I'm just but saying I, that everybody wants a vaccine as soon as possible. So that's not big deal because Netanyahu said that. 
Um, Netanyahu may be trying to find a way to uh, to monetize uh, the vaccine for himself. You don't know what Netanyahu's trying to do. Well, in all fairness, uh-huh. this thing is, does not discriminate. We know right. that. It'll kill anybody, anytime, anyplace. Uh, disease, and in fact, uh, the little girl I told you about. Right. Recently, her mother, who was 23, died, just passed away from cancer, wow. 23 years old. It does not, the, I, I'm telling you, these the cancer and, and the, these viruses, they do not discriminate. They don't care. Age. They don't care. Yes, they don't care. It, so there's an incentive. Now, China, of course, being ground zero, they have so, very obvious. So just listen to what you're saying. It sounds to me like you're becoming a little bit more sensitive about the fact that we need to have a national healthcare system that ensures that we're able to get on top of and help all of the people that might be affected by these things they had no control over uh, that it introduced themselves in their lives. But that meant that would mean that you'd have to uh, deal with people who politically have been opposed to the kinds of things that you've been uh, uh, for and, and the opposite way. You've demonstrated in previous uh, programs that you've, you've, you've called on that your interest or your orientation was to either fight or support the people that were going to commit violence against folks that disagreed with your positions. Are you feeling that way now, or are you moving I'm away from that? We have to, if, if possible, find a way on, the, on a few key issues to join together. The rest of the stuff we'll debate back and forth until the end of That's time. That's all I want you to say. We'll debate back and forth, but you got to leave your guns at home. I don't want you to not own a gun. You can own a gun if you want, but don't bring your guns to a word fight. A debate is a word fight. You don't bring a gun to a word fight, ever. You don't talk about that. You don't talk about violence. You don't talk about, you know, my grandmother, you know, used to be a daughter of the American Revolution, and she's got, you know, muskets and whatnot, and she's going to shoot you if you keep pursuing pursuing positions that she doesn't like. You have to be willing to work in a democracy where you fight with words and you keep trying to persuade people to come closer to your position. You have to be willing. I say this not on your side. I say this on all sides. As a progressive person, I say it on my side. I was extremely annoyed <coughs> Excuse me, with <clears throat> Barack Obama when he didn't fight for a Medicare for all program, not a, uh, a public option because that's not really going to save money, but a Medicaid for all program. I, I was upset with him, but I understood that the people that he was arrayed against, not just the Republicans and neocons and all of that, but there were 40 or 50 people in the uh, 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 Democratic uh, caucus in the House of Representatives who you have to start legislation with who adamantly would not support a Medicaid for all uh, program. So he went and did what he felt he could get the most of in that direction. As a progressive, I have to be willing to accept that I'm not going to get all of what I want. But if I get us moving in a direction, if I get us from having 57 million people uninsured to having only 17 million people uninsured, that's better than nothing. That's the way you have to look at the world. you got to just keep fighting every year for more and more of what your, your, your positions are. And that's all I ask of you. You know, yeah, that, I, well, my mm. point is, like when, I, okay, like when Obama was president, mm-hmm. I was not happy with Obama. I was one of his critics. However, it's like I told you before. 
I did not wake up in the morning saying, is today the day we're going to impeach him? It's another bombshell. Every day, every other day is a new bombshell. I mean, this is, this is, I mean, they're cross. But remember, the the bombshells you're talking about are bombshells that Trump creates. These are not bombshells that that were just happening out in the world. Trump creates these bombshells. The reason why you didn't see all of that stuff going on in the Obama administration is because the Obama administration didn't create those kind of bombshells. Obama tried to find ways, regardless of how ornery and distasteful Mitch McConnell and his crew in the uh, Senate and the House of Representatives were, Regardless of that, Obama tried to deal with them in a very dignified, uh, uh, a calm, uh, peaceful way, negotiating, trying to find ways to move the country forward, regardless of the behaviors of these people, and did it. As a consequence, he helped pull the country out of this recession, put the country on a path where his last 78 uh, uh, months in office, there were, on average, 223,000 New jobs created every single month during the course of that time period, on average. The Trump administration has only created, on average, 206,000 jobs per month, and they're acting as if they're the godfathers of uh, uh, unemployment soul and that the Obama administration did nothing. This is just lying. There's no reason to lie. You can be taking credit for what's going on right now and simultaneously give credit to the people that created the situation but, that you inherited. Well, my point is, see, see, Trump doesn't get any credit. I'll give you an example. He convinced the Mexican government to use their army and their federal police and some of their local police to seal off their side of the border. Now, it is a fact. Illegals coming across the border are down between 75 and 80 percent. So therefore, Trump should get some credit for that. And now we know that you know people who sneak into the country—they're not bringing health records with them. We don't know what they have or do not. So I want you to also understand, Jim, that that uh, uh, policy and and its enforcement—it has the effect of reducing the number of illegal uh, uh, immigrants who get across the border. That's true. But what you are now seeing are huge numbers of people that are piled up in cities near the the border on the Mexican side of the border and you're seeing murders you're seeing rapes you're seeing all kinds of crime because Mexico does not have the infrastructure to be able uh, to support that kind of refugee population in their country so all we've done is taken the problem and shifted the problem uh, to Mexico and then done nothing about it we didn't do anything uh, to help the Mexicans to deal with the problem uh, that they were now uh, being faced with but Rambo, I'm sorry, I got to run. I, I spent a lot more time than I wanted to spend. But I really appreciate having the opportunity to be able to talk to you again. Hopefully we'll talk next week. I believe it's Kevin. Oh, we got a break first. We'll take our break, then we'll get Kevin, then we'll get Ron. If you all stick with us, we will send us out a break. Here at Think Again, Think Again. Would you like to increase your home's value? Do you want to lower your energy bills? Are you in need of affordable financing for your next home improvement project? The CAO Home Improvement Resource Program can help. Just come to one of their monthly HIRP orientation sessions every first and third Wednesday of the month at two convenient locations. HIRP staff will help identify the resources you need to get financed, and they'll even help you with completing your application. Now, you won't know what you qualify for until you call 332-3773. That's 332-3773. 
Learn about all the home improvement programs you may be eligible for and ask about the affordable financing program that can help turn your house into your dream home. Call 332-3773 for more info. It's the Home Improvement Resource Program, restoring value to neighborhoods across Erie County, one house at a time. Brought to you by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. Hear that sound? It's priceless. Because in every heartbeat, there's information that could change the way we think about heart health. Heartline is an app-based research study from Johnson & Johnson in collaboration with Apple, where you can share your heart information and earn rewards for completing study activities. Building knowledge that could advance heart health for everyone, beat by beat by beat. If you're 65 or older and have an iPhone, you could be eligible to take part. Go to heartline.com visit to learn more. The Heartline Study. Know your heart. Happening across the nation right now. ADP is helping Party City stores streamline recruiting. Music houses like Squeaky Clean Studios are demoing tracks while ADP helps keep business on track. And ADP helps a small Mexican restaurant keep up with compliance demands. When ADP helps businesses achieve what they're working for, that's newsworthy. HR talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people. Learn more at design.adp.com. All day, every day. This is Buffalo's home for ESPN Radio. 50,000 Watt ESPN 1520. That's for you, Rambo. Why can't we be friends? And I think we can. Uh, I want to say something before I grab uh, Kevin. And I'm going to ask Kevin if he really is not a Republican. Maybe is he a conservative? We're going to try to see where he he really lands. But I want to just try to get uh, uh, one more thought out here. And this is that I personally believe that there is a Republican conservative somebody in that wing Uh, kind of uh, campaign going on to try to create a belief system amongst uh, progressives and Democrats that is what they want people to believe, not what actually is going on. This idea that Bernie Sanders can't get a majority of Democrats to, to to align behind him or get a majority of the public to align uh, behind him I think that this is something that's being said because that's what they want people to believe. They're trying to herd us into that belief system. And all of the media seems to be aligned with this thing. Boy, if Bernie Sanders, he's a Democratic Socialist, if he wins, everybody's going to turn against him because he's a communist. I believe that Bernie Sanders, and I'm not saying that I'm a Bernie Sanders fan. I'm just trying to help us to understand things. Bernie Sanders is saying that he believes that we should be able to uh, uh, underwrite children's education all the way through their undergraduate degrees. All he has to do for me is to show me how you're going to do it. Then we can have an argument about it. I'm not going to have an argument about something that's just a fanciful thought unless you can show me that this is what you're actually going to do. 
If you want to have universal health care, tell me how, we, how we're going to do it. If you do it the way that I say that you would do it, I think it's going to cost the average household $6,000 a year. Maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, but it would ensure that everybody has health care. I'm not uh, uh, concerned about everybody having health insurance. I'm concerned about everybody having health care and so on. Uh, so I'm just concerned that we're allowing ourselves to be roped into a, uh, a an ideation that's being generated by people who don't have the interest of the Democrats or the, the progressive people in this country at heart. Be careful about that. Be careful who you're listening to, because sometimes they really do not care uh, about you. So what I want to try to do, I think we're taking a call right now. I want to grab Kevin in Pendleton. Yep, let me get Kevin now. Kevin, how are you doing out there? Hey, there I, you are. What's up, my brother? Hey, um, before I could go on here, um, I have two things I want to ask here, if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The first one, well, before I do the, the first, the, one of the two things I want to ask you, and hope you give me the opportunity to complete this but one of the first things i wanted to bring up with you um just picking up in our conversation last time mm -hmm. and i misspoke i used the word representation when i was saying that our boards of elections you know set up by the leadership of both parties right right and we have nowhere at all of verifying like the third party candidates you know um you know true true you know conks you know on the ballot let me give you an example for mm -hmm. example example uh, remember when that waste of time Mark Marlonero ran against the governor, you know, last for the governorship, last um, you know, gubernatorial election, right? Mm -hmm. A lot, and I tell you, a lot of Republicans definitely weren't backing him at all. I mean, and it's, it's evident, you know, mm -hmm. when you look at the returns, right? Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, the guy they were putting a lot of, um, of the stakes on was... Um, the third party libertarian Larry Sharp, mm -hmm. right? And the data we have back from, let's use for example, Erie County Board of Elections, the, the returns were showing that Larry only got like single, a single digit, like 1% or something like that of the votes. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, that process to, to validate that is done by the staff of both commissioners, I assume, right? Right, and the reason why they have the reason why they have two commissioners is to reasonably assure you can't have everybody be a commissioner, but to reasonably no, assure I that that, that the that. no no I, I agree I'm yeah. just explaining right. that in order to ensure that the counting is actually fair, you got to mm -hmm. figure if both the Republicans and the Democrats are looking at the counts that they're between them they're going to check on each other and make sure that they're doing it correctly. Okay, right, right, right. So right. So if that's the situation, then um, we are relying on, you know, the, the representatives or the, the commissioners, right, mm -hmm. of both parties, given that count. Right. But don't you think it's only right that at least you have a neutral body there to make sure that the, the left hand and the right hand ain't working against the rest of us? And when I say the rest of us, I'm thinking about... Like the, the people that are not in the two major parties. I understand. Yeah, exactly. I understand what you're don't saying. You think, but remember, you think? just just remember when you say that, 
You have mm-hmm. Green Party. And I used the I, I use wrong word when I said No, no, I, I got you. I got you. But you have the Green Party. Time. You have the yes. Working mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Party. Uh, you know, you got mm-hmm. you know lots of mm-hmm. different conservative lots parties. You got parties. liberal course, parties. Yeah. You got lots of different mm-hmm. parties. How do you right. pick who's going to be the neutral person? The that idea is, is supposed to be right. that. No, you know, you see, I'm going to explain to you. You're never giving me the opportunity at all. You see, right? When I was trying to tell you for weeks now. So what I'm saying is that that, that among themselves, all the minor parties, right? Yeah. They will f- find a way to have, you know, someone there. Right on our boards of elections to make sure we have complete transparency right. and accountability. So, but you said someone. You said someone. So someone to process. Whether it's a process or whatever, you will still need that third entity on board. That's what I'm saying. To do that. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Well, you I'm. I, I, I don't. I, I don't really have a visceral feeling one way or the I, other I, about I, that. I, I understand what right. you're saying, though. I understand the right. proposal that you're making. Good. Okay. Right. So, what is wrong with that? I don't necessarily think there's any, anything either wrong or right with it. All I'm. Okay, at, all I'm. I tried to say to you, you. You. You ask a question. Then when I try to respond to your okay. question, okay. you start well, talking you respond, as if my response is. The reason why I'm given before you respond. The reason why I'm saying this is because if you look at the um yeah. the, the, the returns um whether it's primaries or general elections, right? Mm-hmm. A great percentage of people, Al Nathan here do not vote because they do not have confidence in the process. I, I completely understand saying? that. I completely so understand by doing that. This, by doing this, taking the step that I mentioned here, right? Mm-hmm. Okay? For so that, that, party that, and, that, may encourage, that may encourage more people to vote. I don't know that it will. Or it, yeah, well, it's, but that's try. something that you have to, I mean, that's not something for me to uh, to push or not push, I'm just trying to help you to articulate to the public this is something that you think needs to be done. And then you need to get people to work with you to marshal the Democratic forces, the, the voting forces, to get behind putting that into a proposal form and then putting it before uh, the uh, the county of uh, the Board of Elections or the county legislature. I think it would be the county legislature that would have to be the ones uh, who would say yes or no uh, to something like that. And, you know, campaign for it. I think that makes sense. Okay. All right. Thanks. Let me get Ron and Chief Tawaga. Sorry, Ron. I, I took a little bit longer than I, I wanted to. I, I just wanted to give uh, Kevin a chance to, to explore out his idea. How you doing? All right. Uh, okay. A couple things. Uh, this woman, Lori Garrett, wrote a, uh, a op-ed in, I think it was either New York Times or Washington Post, about the, what we know about the coronavirus. Uh, it is 20 times more contagious than the garden variety flu. And the number of uh, fatalities, it's hard because it's fairly new, but it's believed to be about 2%, whereas the garden variety flu is 0.1% of fatality. So if this thing gets a foothold here, yeah, a majority of people are going to recover, but still, say 50 million people get coronavirus in the United States. That's 100,000 possible That's right. deaths, That's of, right. yep. which is not good. Uh, and uh, the, the killer of this whole thing is Obama, because of the Ebola uh, threat in 2014, 
setup rather quickly because mm-hmm. I can, only a half, only a handful of Americans actually died from it. Right, uh, it's very very dangerous thing, much more dangerous as far as fatalities than uh, the flu or the coronavirus. But because of that, he set up in the uh, not, not even well above the Homeland Security in the National Security Council a division to coordinate epidemic control, you know, a pandemic control, and they had links to Homeland Security, Commerce, Transportation, the FAA, any place that you could do, you could have this for, uh, uh, to try to control something of, that loved this nature. Well, near as anybody can figure, it only costs $250 million to do this coordination, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's not a massive amount of money. Trump got rid of it, and near as anybody can figure that she interviewed people, is it was something Obama put in there, similar like the, the uh, uh, Paris Accords, the Iranian Agreement, yeah. uh, the Consumer uh, Fraud Protection Agency. He zero-funded it. Anything Obama did, his whole thing is get rid of it. I don't like the guy, it's because of racism or just because he hated the guy personally, whatever the reason. And he undid that. So we are wide open, according to this article, we are wide open for a major problem. If this thing ever gets a foothold in there, you're going to see tens of thousands of people die. So, so now we're going to hire the guy, Mike Pence, who said he was going to pray our way out of uh, HID, uh, HIV and, and AIDS and didn't really muscle up you know, to uh, address the AIDS issue in Indiana. We assigned this guy to be the one to be the czar over the uh, coronavirus uh, 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 version 19 you know, that's that's uh, running through the country or that's potentially running through the country, but it's running around the world, you know, right now. This is well, just yeah, and, insane. And the worst thing, but, with, but Pence, too, again, he did it for a religious reason. He, he had a, uh, there was a, in the, I guess in, in the bigger cities there uh, uh, in Indiana, there was a drug issue uh, with people who had AIDS. And rather than do an emergency solution, at least a temporary emergency solution, by granting these people clean needles, he said, oh, no, I can't do that you know, yep. for religious re- reason because he's a Christian yep. and it would be, uh, you know, addicting people and all type of stuff and uh, contributing. So you had a, a kind of a, a outbreak of, uh, of HIV amongst drug users at the time period uh, that he could have stopped, uh, at least with a temporary solution, of uh, uh, granting the needles. So, yeah, he's... Th- Somebody who's that rigid ideologically in an emergency is not, not what you need in an emergency situation. And remember, Obama went and hired somebody who was a epidemiologist professional. That's who he was. He hired a person that actually knew how to do something about a pandemic. Donald Trump is busy trying to make it appear that uh, he is somehow, you know, the magic man. He's done everything that the He's the acting director. We get an acting guy for Homeland Security and so on and uh, doesn't have enough depth of understanding. He thinks that I I shouldn't say he thinks it. He's saying that uh, the Democrats are using the coronavirus as a uh, a hoax to try to put shade on the uh, Trump administration. His son claims that uh, this is being done to uh, stop the winning streak that he says his father has had uh, as the administ- administrator of this country. Well, it's 
worse than that because of the fringes of the right winger now. And now Trump hasn't, my, to my knowledge, unless I missed something today, uh, hasn't articulated this, but the fringe right is coming up with... Uh, things about the Democrats and the Chinese are, uh, this is a conspiracy to uh, ruin the economy and discredit Trump. Right. I mean, in other words, as if the Democratic leadership is getting, is like somehow, you know, I don't know, injecting people or bringing, somehow bringing, if they don't say how. But this is a, this is a very common uh, uh, conspiracy in the right-wing websites now, you know, the, the Breitbart-type things and that. So uh, I haven't heard Trump say that yet, but... You know, I got a feeling that that's going to be their fallback position if his incompetence and buffoonery leads to a, a real epidemic here. That he's going to say it's the Democrats that they conspired with the Chinese yeah. or something. He's already laying it out. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate you, man. We'll talk next week. Let me get Mark on before we roll. And Mark, I just wanted to lay something out. You know, when we uh, hear all of this madness about what Bernie is or isn't, he talks about rebuilding America. He says it's going to cost. Uh, uh, $1 trillion over the course of a 10-year period, so basically $100 billion a year. Uh, corporate, uh, uh, taxing corporate offshore income is the way that he would get that done. That's a source of income that is not that does not exist right now, so that would be new funding to fund a new initiative. College for All, he says, just, I'm not going to do all of these, but uh, he said it would cost about $7 billion uh, per year. Uh, he would fund that with a Wall Street speculation tax, but the Wall Street pe- speculation tax would actually generate about $300 billion a year, would give you a net $225,000 or $225 billion a year of revenue coming into the United States. The, the, the only problem that I'm, I'm having with this Bernie Sanders stuff is they're not talking about what Bernie Sanders says he is actually going to do in order to implement the things that he's talking about. They're just trying to talk in this superficial way about this socialism thing as if uh, because he calls himself a democratic socialist, that he's not a part of the capitalist system. He's not a part of our representative democracy. I think that that's just absolutely insane. What's your thought about that? The problem is Bernie Sanders wants to end socialism for the rich. (laughs) HFHC. Building sports centers, Wall Street bailouts, the military. He wants to end socialism for the banks and Wall Street bailouts and the military. Why is socialism only when it pertains to schools and health care? Yep. That's what they're calling social right. and the media. And the media benefit on socialism. Yep. So he wants to end socialism for the rich. And they're screaming about it. Yep. And they're calling it um, communism because that equates with the older crowd. And so it really is important to me that because my, my concern with Democrats is that they're just not showing the kahunas to say what they mean and mean what they say and just do it. Just fight for it. That's the only way you're going to be able to get progressive ideas underway is you got to fight for what seems to be extreme and then take something that's progressive along that path. The rich already have socialism and they're enjoying it. Yep. And we have nothing. Yep. And Bernie wants to give it to us and take it from them. There you go. All right, man. We got to run. I appreciate you. All right. Listen, I hope that you all have a wonderful week. I know that winter has shown up. Hopefully it's going to be a one-week winter. And then we're going to get back in. We're going to get to spring. So let's just pray for that. We'll see you all next week here at Think Again. Think again.
You've been listening to Think Again with L. Nathan Hare, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. Be sure to tune in again next week at this same time for more Think Again.